Digital Marketing Radio, episode 168. How to sell on social media. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Digital Marketing Radio is part of the 3B Podcast Network. UK casters talking business growth. Find out more over at 3BPN.com. The big interview with David Bain. Today I'm joined by a lady who helps businesses, sales teams and professionals to increase the leads and generate more clients on social media. She's the founder of Top Dog Social Media. Welcome to DMR, Melanie Dodaro. Thanks so much, David. Great to be here. Oh, thanks for so much for joining me. You can, can of course, find Melanie over at topdogsocialmedia.com. Um, but Melanie, um, is it not a bit of a turnoff to be sold on social media? <laughs> can you define sold? <laughs> so, sold, sold. Oh, sold. Sold. Okay. Uh, sold. Is it my Scottish accent or is it just my accent? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, absolutely, it is. It, it totally is, and so many people are using social media very wrong, um, and it's it's definitely impeding how uh, the success of others. So, yeah, I mean, social media is a phenomenal tool. It's it's been so amazing for myself and so many others in terms of being able to create a global audience. Um, you know, but the problem is, is that people are, are, are going, you know, into social media with the wrong mindset. A lot of times they're going in to sell and that doesn't work very well. Okay, that, that can be your outcome you're aiming for, but it certainly shouldn't be your, your first piece of communication with someone. Yeah, exactly. Or your approach. Yeah, mm. for sure. It's really about, uh, I mean, there's so many aspects to digital marketing, as you know, David, um, and so many different formats, whether it's a social media platform or whether it's podcasting or video or blogs or articles. Um, you know, there's just so many different formats and platforms to use. It's really about understanding the ones that are going to be right for you and really positioning yourself as an authority on your topic, you know, across a, a series of, of platforms that um, best suit your audience, best suit the, uh, the you know, the needs and the desires of the audience that you're looking at reaching. So, for example, you know, Snapchat is not a platform that I use at all. Um, I'm not looking at going after the very young uh, people for any of these products or services that I market. And so I just don't have any use for it or any need for it. Now, having said that, there's many businesses that do. Uh, and so what you need to do is look at where is your audience and how easy is it to reach them on that platform as well? You know, one of the, um, one of the issues that's changed a lot over the years is Facebook. Mm. Facebook continuously changes their algorithm and, and who's going to be showing up in the news feed, especially for Facebook business pages. And they've really created a, a pay to play network. Uh, businesses were very fortunate for many years to get this channel that they could market their business for free. And uh, we're very upset when Facebook started changing that, you know, and I think that if you're looking at social media or any online marketing uh, tool or channel, you need to realize that there's an investment that needs to be made in that. <clears throat> there's an investment of time, energy, resources, and certainly when in time in history have we ever been able to market our businesses for free? You know, so thinking about spending some money on it is absolutely a, a good thing to do as well. Uh, with Facebook, you know, you've got 2% of the people that are now seeing your posts in the newsfeed. You want more people to see it? You've got to pay. You know, you've got to have an advertising budget on Facebook. But at the end of the day, you know, people are going to want to be seeing content that resonates with them. 
content that helps them. You're not on Snapchat. I'm sure you're not on a few other social networks. It's good to have a focus. Is it right for a business to actually select the optimum social platform for them and focus 100% of their efforts on that? Or is it better to actually have multiple feet in, in different camps? That's a great question. The answer to that question is, is going to be dependent upon each business. And it's really about how many can you do very well? If you can only do two well, then only be on two. If you can do four well, then and you and four of them are reaching your target audience, then go ahead. If you can do six well and six are reaching your target audience, go ahead. It really depends on the resources that are available uh, to any given person, whether they're you know a solo entrepreneur or they're a business, small business, or or a larger business. So, I mean, we're talking today about, you know, how to sell on social media, how to bring in business. Um, so you've said, obviously, the right thing to do to begin with is to start a conversation. When is the right time to start talking about what you do as a business and how do you actually turn that into a potential sale? You can be starting to talk about what you do as a business in almost every single thing you post without being salesy in the approach by doing it through education-based marketing. So whether that's a blog post or it's a graphic or it's uh, an infographic or a video or whatever it is, you know, you want to be looking at what are the problems uh, that your ideal clients are, are facing. So, you know, what are the top 10, top 20 problems that they've got? Or what are the top 20 questions that they're asking? Each one of those can become a piece of content. And each one of those, um, by, by sharing enough information to educate them on a specific topic, allows you to start to become a trusted authority, a trusted advisor, an expert, if you will, depending on who it is and, and what type of content we're talking about in that area. So that now you become that resource, that resource that they go to when they're looking for help. Now, also understand that most of the people that consume your content online are not going to always buy it. And that's okay. I have tons and tons of people that consume my content for free, whether it's blog posts or articles or videos or webinars or whatever, many of which will never buy my stuff, but they promote it nonstop. They share it nonstop to their audience, which brings me a much larger audience. They'll recommend me to people that are interested in purchasing a service or a product. You know, so there's a lot of opportunities there in in terms of, uh, you know, building a, you know, a a list of um, a community of people that evangelize, you know, your information, your knowledge, your product, your service. So what if you start sharing great information, but you don't have much of a following to begin with? Is it okay to keep on posting the same kind of posts, the same kind of valuable posts again and again, repeating it? because not too many people have actually seen it before? Yeah, well, that's a great question. So if you don't have much of a following to start off with, uh, you're going to have to do a lot more work in the beginning. You know, social media is one of those things that, you know, as time goes by, momentum kind of kicks in. Mm. You know, so for example, I just reached 100,000 Twitter followers. Um, My first 10,000 were the hardest to get right? I was starting off. So once I hit 10,000, it just started happening organically and naturally. So, you know, um, you have to put in a lot of work in the beginning. You have to start to, you know, create a lot of uh, engagement with people, um, reaching out to different people, whether in your space or or whatever, and starting conversations with them, sharing stuff with them, um, building some, you know, evangelists and some, and some relationships with influencers 
And, um, and that's one of the ways that you're going to be able to, to grow that audience. The other way, and probably the best and fastest way is pay, doing some paid ads. You know, if you need, if you're starting a, a new uh, a platform, a new social network that you're, you haven't been involved in before, or you have had it for a while, but you haven't gained any traction from it. Don't be afraid to pay, you know, create a, a campaign that allows you to grow that network a little bit, you know, whether it's Twitter ads or Facebook ads, Facebook ads are great. I'm a big fan of Facebook ads, even though I'm not necessarily a great fan of, of some things about Facebook, especially business pages. Um, but Facebook ads are fantastic. You know, they're very, you can, you can highly target them. And coincidentally, you know, the topic that I speak the most on is LinkedIn. And I'm not a huge fan of LinkedIn ads okay. because they're expensive and uh, you have to know how to do them right in order to get some uh, traction from them. So they absolutely work for some companies that have a large enough budget to, to get the traction. But you, whereas with Facebook, you can do it with a small budget. You can do it with $20 a day or $10 a day and just kind of slowly start to grow things. So I'm, you know, having a look at your Twitter profile at the moment. Um, so you've got about hundred thousand followers, but um, you're following forty-seven thousand people. I, I mean, it's great to have obviously more people following you than you were following. You know, I think that is um, a good gauge to someone who's an authority um, within their field. But following forty-seven thousand people, how do you possibly manage that? Well, you know, I have a. Um you know, there's different, there's different schools of thought with this. There's other, you know, influencers out there that don't believe in following anyone mm. and they want to have it show that they've got all these followers, but they're not following anyone. So they must be very, very important. Um, I take a different approach and my approach is that I want to follow back many of the people that follow me. Now I have to be discerning. So I don't follow back everybody that follows me, but every legitimate person or everybody that anybody that I think would be a good person to follow um, or, you know, shares good content. I'm happy to follow them, you know, so it's yeah. And I'm constantly following new people each day as they're following me. I look at it and it's like, oh, you know, these new people followed you. So I'll take a quick peek at them and be like, oh, you know what? I'd like to follow that person back. It's reciprocity in my mind. It's like, hey, you know what? They're following me. I'll follow them back. So uh, the the times that I don't do that is if the, I just can't think of any reason why I'd want to. <laughs> that's, that, that's good. And I mean, there's a lot. There's lots of situations like that, right? There's a lot of oh, scammers yes. and stuff like that using social media tools. So you do have to be discerning. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm only following about 250, 300 people or so on on Twitter. Maybe you've got a couple of thousand followers, and that's. That's okay, but uh, mm -hmm. nowhere near you, of course. But um, you've talked about a few different kind of social media networks. I'm just trying to define, you know, your your process a little bit more in terms of actually achieving sales directly from social media. Are you saying that um, all you do is you put out great quality content, put out value, and the only way that you generate sales is people coming to you or you mentioned Facebook advertising is, is Facebook advertising a, a, an important source of, of revenue for you as well? Yeah. Great question. So to answer the first question, absolutely not. Great content in of itself is not enough. Okay. So great content is a segue to putting people into your sales funnel. 
getting people to trust you enough that you've got great information and then having a, a lead magnet, whether it's, you know, I see your ebook or it's, uh, you know, a guide of some sort or it's a webinar or it's something like that. Once you've provided enough value with a, a free piece of content that they didn't need to opt into, now you can present them with something that they could actually opt into. And email marketing is one of the most effective ways to sell. So now you've got, now you've taken them off that social network and you've got their email address so you can have an email campaign, uh, you know, to continue to educate them and make offers from time to time. The other way of doing that is basically like a sales funnel in social networks. So the, or the one that I specialize in is LinkedIn. So I will teach people how to uh, not only share content on LinkedIn and position themselves as an authority, but also um, how to take a new connection and move that conversation kind of forward. So ultimately sharing some pieces of content that would be of value to them and ultimately moving that conversation offline. Now for each person, it's different depending on how their business works. What's their sales model? What's their business model? You know, for me, I've got a few. I've got uh, a book that I sell that I don't even sell directly, it sells through Amazon. I've got an online course that people can buy through my website. I don't talk to people when they buy my online course because it's something that they can watch a webinar and they can buy it. There's no direct contact. But anybody that's interested in hiring me to speak at an event or hiring me to train their uh, their organization or uh, you know use maybe any of our other social media services that we offer, that's a phone call. So what you're essentially doing is moving that conversation to the next level, whatever that level looks like for you and your business. In many cases, it's, it's moving that conversation offline to a phone call. That's where you get the opportunity to understand who that person is, what challenges and problems they're currently going through, and how you might be able to help them and present your solution. So social media is a tool to start a relationship. However, a real relationship doesn't really start, it doesn't really develop via social media. Uh, it ultimately moves, it really develops offline. I'll, I'll just give you a couple of little, well, one a little example. I speak at a lot of events. Mm. So many of the people that I speak with at some of the largest events, like Social Media Marketing World's largest uh, you know, social media event that happens each year in San Diego, put on by Michael Stelzner of Social Media Examiner. There's a hundred speakers there, uh, many of which, most of which I know online. Okay. Many of which I haven't met in person, but we have developed a pretty cool relationship online. When we actually meet in person, it totally changes that relationship and it makes it real. Even though it kind of felt real before, it wasn't really real. It was an online relationship. There's something that happens when you move that conversation offline, when you can see the person's face uh, if you're doing a Skype call or you can hear their voice if you're doing a phone call or see everything if you're doing an in-person meeting, whatever that looks like for your business. Some people are doing business globally. Some people are doing business in a local geographic region. So it's going to be different for everyone. But it definitely, the goal is ultimately to move the conversation offline. So use social media to position yourself as an authority, build trust, stay top of mind, start uh, building rapport and establishing relationships to the degree that people are willing to move those forward. If you start reaching out to somebody uh, and on your first contact, it's like, hey, great to meet you. Why don't we jump on a phone call today? My, my backup is up right away. And I'm just like, OK, let me remove that person as a connection. Right. I know what's coming next. You know, yeah, <laughs> they're going in way too hard, way too fast. And I'm not interested. So, um, yeah, it's about, you know, really showing that uh, you have something of value to offer before trying to take up somebody's time. So you mentioned Skype and webinars there a bit. Do you think 
if a business isn't taking advantage of doing webinars themselves or being guests in webinars or using video or podcasting in some way that they're missing out significantly? Oh, uh, that's a real tough question to answer, answer, David, because, you know, you got to look at each business individually. Okay. So if I were to say, I could answer that question, say, you know, for 60% of the businesses, that might be the case. Right. Right. But, you know, like, let's say you've got a business that has got, they're in a geographic region. They're dominating Google. So if anybody is looking for what they offer, they're showing up. They are the top of mind person for everybody in the community. They get referrals from everybody in the community. Do they really need to be on social media? Do they need to do podcasts? Do they need to do videos? Probably not. They might already have more business than they can handle. You know what I mean? So um, does that mean every business should be doing these things? No. And the other thing too is people should only be doing the things that they're good at. So if you suck at video, don't do video. Yes. And also <laughs> do the things that you love doing as well, because absolutely different types of communication that people are good at and like doing as well. And, you know, even if you happen to be good at it, but it, as um, Phil Palin would say, it feels like digging out the trash. You know, the, you can't keep on doing it consistently. Yeah. And what I found is that the things that people are good at uh, are usually the things that people like. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because um, there's so many people in, in the uh, social media space that don't like LinkedIn. I teach a lot of social media experts on how to use LinkedIn and a lot of uh, very high profile social media experts that I know that are you know experts in like Facebook or other platforms. When they need to do something for their community on LinkedIn, they bring me in because they're like, Melanie, you know, we really don't know anything about LinkedIn. Can you handle this? I'm like, of course, you know, you can't you can't be an expert on everything. You can't know everything. But the reason that many of them don't like LinkedIn is because LinkedIn isn't fun. It's not fun like Facebook or Twitter or some of the other social media platforms. You sound as if you find it fun. Oh, I don't find it fun. I find it all business and I find business fun. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I just look at it as this is a business platform. I'm not using it to engage with my friends and family and look at pictures of my nephews and, and see what my friends are doing over the weekend. Like, I don't want to see any of that on LinkedIn. And if you're sharing that on LinkedIn, you're using it all wrong. (laughs) So when I'm using LinkedIn, I'm looking to learn. I'm looking to, um, you know, see what others are doing and learn some things. And so I come from a different approach and I do enjoy that because I'm a, I'm a perpetual student. I love to learn and I don't need to have fun in, I don't know how that this isn't going to come out right, but I don't need to have fun to have fun in business. Mm. You know, to me, um, you know, this is fun right now. You know, lots of things are fun. LinkedIn is fun to me. Now, mind you, if I was spending eight hours a day on it, I'd be bored out of my mind. Yeah. yeah. So so what are a few things that um, many people aren't doing effectively now in LinkedIn, you know, now in 2016, late 2016, what are maybe two or three things that people, if they're not doing, they absolutely should be doing on LinkedIn? Well, there's, uh, you know, the first one I have to just start with because it's so basic, but it's so important. And that's, you know, laying the foundation with a good profile. So, you know, your LinkedIn profile is a part of your personal brand. When somebody Googles your name to learn more about you, your LinkedIn profile is going to show up at the top of the search results. And people know it's a place where they can find more about you. So they're going to click on it. And so, you know, are you kind of, are you making the impression that you want to be making? Are you speaking to who you want to be speaking with your profile? Does it stand out? Social media is noisy. So you want to be standing out. That's the first thing. And that's an easy fix. Once it's done, it's done. And you never have to do it again, unless you, you know, completely change your career or your business or whatever. 
The second thing is that, you know, most people think still think of it as a, a job site or a recruiting site. Not even the case. It hasn't been the case for a long time. Yes, there's job seekers that use it. Yes, there's recruiters that use it, but it's this much of a percentage. Uh, the vast majority of people are using it as a professional networking site, which is what it is. It's the number one business social network site on the planet. Uh, really no competitors, which is kind of cool after all these years. You know, so um, there's a lot of opportunity there. But what people are doing that makes them not actually see results with LinkedIn is they collect connections, meaning somebody will send them a connection they'll accept or they might meet somebody new. They'll send them a connection they accept and that's it. Yeah. And so what I always teach, whether it's in my book or whether I'm speaking or wherever it is, is you need to. Um, you know, you need to move that relationship forward. So you start off with a personalized connection request, giving them some context why you want to connect with them. It's an ideal, ideal tool for prospecting for any business that needs new customers, new clients too. you know, reaching out and finding those ideal prospects, sending them a personalized message as to why you want to connect with them and then having a follow-up sequence of, of a few messages that, you know, establish some rapport, build some value. And then ultimately, not too quickly, after like maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of messages, then, you know, you've uh, earned the opportunity to really kind of try, and try to take that conversation offline. So again, depending on the business, is that Skype for you? Is that an in-person meeting? Is it going out for a coffee because you're local? Is it a phone call? Whatever that is, you know, that's the opportunity to kind of move that conversation forward. And that is the mistake that people aren't making or they're, they're rushing in too quickly with the wrong language and getting people to really kind of stand on guard and be be, uh, you know, afraid of, uh-oh, the sales pitch is coming now. I love those different levels of um, use of social media there. You started off talking about um, sharing high-quality content in relation to what you do to begin with, but as soon as possible, getting onto a one-on-one -on -one personal conversation and then taking it offline as well. Um, and I'm sure you're an advocate that um, the best relationships are are built in a one-to-one -one basis. And, you know, you've said that as part of your initial message, it needs to be personalized completely. Is that generally one of the biggest mistakes that you see people making, just reaching out with a, a standard message that um, is obviously not personalized at all? Absolutely. 95% uh, of the time, if you send a personalized connection request, somebody's going to accept it. Whereas, you know, I, I look through my personalized, uh, I'm sorry, I look through my connection requests on LinkedIn every single day. And unless it's somebody that I know or there's something about their profile that stood out to me, uh, if they haven't personalized it, I'm usually hitting ignore. Absolutely. I, I get quite a few people approaching me to be a guest in the podcast. And so many people are saying, you know, I, I love your podcast. I would be a great guest. Okay, really, uh, what do you like about the podcast? You haven't even named it there. And it's just something that you've copied and pasted it. And you obviously sent yeah. it to hundreds of people. So no, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be discerning. And so with social media, I think that there's two mistakes that people make. One, they either keep the relationship online forever and actually never move it forward. So it's really kind of a waste of time. Or two, they go in for the sale way too quick. So it's about finding that balance in between. And that's the sweet spot that actually translates sales via from social media. Well, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses on uh, Melanie's thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with software I couldn't live without. So Melanie, what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? 
Oh, well, we use several tools. Uh, you know, Buffer is one of our favorite ones for scheduling. Sure. Have you got um, the, paid, the paid version of that or just the... the oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it depends. We have different tools for different purposes and different platforms. Uh, another tool that we use is Manage Flitter. Uh, that's a Twitter tool. Um, of course, I could not live without uh, uh, email. And I did the, the switch a few years ago where I changed my email over to Google Apps sure. because I was getting very tired of you know trying to... Uh, when I would travel, my Mac mail would be on one computer and then it would be on the other and then I'd have to come. Oh, my gosh. So it's wonderful. Um, I love the um, the uh, tool Yesware for tracking my emails, who's opened and when. Um, uh, what else? That's from HubSpot, isn't it? Yesware? Yes. I'm, 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 th- I'm thinking it's HubSpot, um, but it might not be. I know HubSpot I do a similar kind of tool. Yeah, I don't know if it is or not. Um yeah, those are like like the primary ones, and then you know we've used uh, other tools for for social media scheduling, like Sprout Social and Agora Pulse. Uh, also, great tools. Yes, I, 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 Agora Pulse has been mentioned a few times in here, and um, you know the founder's also been on for our for an interview on here. So Emmerich, um, Emmerich, yeah, chap, yeah. Yes, he is. <laughs> well, that's that's a, a few great tools that you've mentioned there. So I'll uh, make sure there's some. Um, mentions of the, or, or links to them in, in the show notes. But um, one slightly more challenging question, and that is, what piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about, and you intend to try at some point in the near future? Oh, gosh, you're going to drive me absolutely crazy now, because I had written down a software that I just heard about last week that I wanted to check out, and I can't remember where I wrote it down now. <laughs> And it's going to drive me absolutely crazy. Oh, it was a, you know what? Okay. Um, you know, it was something that was much more complex and provided a lot more information than Google Analytics. So Google Analytics is something that I think everybody should be using, mm-hmm. hands down. And then there's a number of different tools. Uh, one that we were using in the past that actually, unfortunately, uh, went out of business. They stopped using it. And it was really great. I could go on and I could see real time who was on my website from what, where they came from, all kinds of really cool things. Um, some of these tools have been very, very, very instrumental in helping me decide the content to create for my my um, my website. And what's interesting is years ago, I was very apprehensive about speaking so much about LinkedIn okay. because my company is called Top Dog Social Media. Well, I'm not called Top dog LinkedIn media, Mm. you know? So anyways, but I started paying really close attention to uh, Google Analytics and this other tool that I was using that unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. Um, And noticed that more than 50% of the traffic that was coming to my website was coming from my LinkedIn related articles. I then changed my focus and started creating at least 50% of my content around LinkedIn, increased my traffic substantially. Then when I was going to write my book, again, I kind of got stuck in that mindset. I was like, oh, maybe my book should just be about social media. And I was talking to this guy and he was a professor from a university in the US and he wanted me to uh, talk um, to the uh, the faculty about you know why they should be using LinkedIn, whatever. Anyways, we were talking about the book that I was writing. He's like, Molly, let me ask you a question. He said, what do you do the very best? And I said, well, LinkedIn, of course. And he's like, well, don't you think your book should be on LinkedIn? And I'm like, "Um, yeah. (laughs) So thankfully, I did that because my book uh, has been a huge success, The LinkedIn Code. It was number one in the UK, 
Wonderful. in the U.S. and in Canada. Um, that never would have happened if it was a generic social media book. Yes, no, definitely. And it's so imperative to be to, to, to niche down, as, as, as people in the yeah. States would say. Ten years ago, digital marketing was the niche. But, um, you know, maybe five years ago, seven years ago, perhaps it was social media. But now you have to be very, very defined in terms of this is my area of expertise. If you've got issues with that or if you require a strategy with that, then come and see me. You know, otherwise, go away and find someone else. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and there's uh, there's a ton of other uh, tools that we use, David. I mean, ScreenFlow for making videos, yeah. uh, Adobe Post, my assistants fall in love with for making graphics. Um, you know, if we're making really special graphics, we have a, a graphic designer that makes them. But if we're just making a quick graphic on the fly, you know, Adobe Post, Canva, tools like that. Um, so yeah, there's well, I so think many. That's, that's enough. I think um, I've got to go away and find links to them all and clear them in the show notes. So please stop sharing good tools. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on to. I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back in the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Oh gosh. Well, my first three years were just about making every mistake possible. <laughs> before figuring it all out. Um, I started out uh, a long time ago um, in the online, you know, trying to learn about online, uh, online marketing, social media marketing, you name it, and uh, really didn't have a clue, really didn't have a clue. And at the time, very few people did have a clue. Mm. So I'd be seeking knowledge everywhere. And I would be, you know, hiring somebody to help me with this or taking this course, taking that so the one thing that I would do is I spent hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and years learning everything that I learned. What I would do differently if I could go back in time is I would find the one person that could have helped me with everything that I know was an expert and just let one person, like worked with one person in a very close, uh, you know, in a very close kind of uh, coaching consulting capacity mm. so that I wouldn't have had to hear 10 people say this and five people say this and three people say this and get all confused. <laughs> so what, what years would have this, had, this had been when you were just getting started in digital marketing? Oh, my confusion was from uh, 2007 to 2010. Okay. They were quite transformative years as well because um, Facebook really had just become available to the general public and no yeah. one knew how to use it. And everyone was you know, gathering thousands of friends and thinking that was the, the, the way to build relationships online. Right, because nobody knew. Mm. No, nobody knew. Everybody was just trying to figure it out as they went along. Yeah. So it's been interesting. And here's the thing too is, you know, even if you knew what was working uh, five or six years ago or even four years ago, that's changed. Unfortunately, marketers have a way of ruining things <laughs> because <laughs> yes, they overdo the way to stuff. Say it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they overdo stuff. So you need to find new ways of, um, you know, what's working now that, you know, uh, or, you know, what isn't working now that was maybe working a year ago and what's, you know, and projecting the trends in the future and really kind of looking into how things are going to be different. And one of the mistakes that I see marketers make as well a lot is jumping into the next new shiny object, yes. you know, and I've never done that except for one time. I recently did it last year 
when a new uh, network was introduced. It was called Blab. I was just, you- yeah, I was just about to say, I reckon it's Blab, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was the only time because I thought, well, this is unique and different and very cool. Live streaming is definitely here. It's not going away, but... Mm. You know, it's cool because you can have four people and you can have more interaction and you can have this. And and it was very user friendly and I loved it. And I thought this is going to be the only platform that I'm going to jump in and be an early adopter. I usually wait six months. I have a wait and see attitude because I don't want to waste a whole bunch of time on things that don't pan out. So that was my one mistake that I've made in, uh, in being an early adopter. And I probably won't make it again. I probably will do the six month rule from now on. Wait to see what happens because it just went like that. Yeah, I, I loved Blab to begin with. I mean, I was on there fairly early from summer two thousand fifteen, and for for a few months, I thought thought it was superb. In Christmas two thousand fifteen, I hosted a a special show, a, a digital marketing predictions for two thousand sixteen, and I had fifty six digital marketers on the one show, and I had about seven hundred people watch the, watch the show live, and I I thought that was that was great actually and unfortunately from then it just seemed to go downhill a little bit and and it was impossible to you know build your audience on there yeah i stopped using it um the beginning of december mm-hmm. last year that's where i started to see that it was declining and you know if a network isn't building momentum yeah. especially in the beginning stages and it's declining so i was doing a regular show every single week and you know my numbers were a few hundred five, 600, then they were like 300, then they were like 200, then they were like 100. And I was just watching this, like, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they just didn't, weren't able to get mainstream adoption. I, I'm sure that there's, a, you know, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions as to why. Mm. It doesn't really matter why. It doesn't matter why. What matters is, you know, watch, watch and see what's happening. And, you know, don't jump into something right away until there's been some proven track record there, because you could waste so much time chasing the next shiny object. And that's what I love about LinkedIn. LinkedIn's never, uh, you know, never decreased. The momentum has never decreased. It's always got this nice, steady, slow. And when I say slow, it's not slow. There's 400 and somewhat million members. But in in relation to some of the others that just, you know, go crazy, um, it's got this nice, steady momentum that continues to grow. That's the kind of thing that's here for the long term. And that's why I've been willing to invest time and energy into it. Are you excited or concerned as to what Microsoft might do with it? Oh, you know, I'm uh, I'm hopeful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hopeful. It's two superpowers, really, right? Mm. Um, so there, you know, if they do things right, it could be unbelievable. Um, but LinkedIn, you know, already is unbelievable. Yeah. LinkedIn was fantastic. They were a huge success story before uh, Microsoft. Uh, I, as I said, you know, one of the only social networks that really doesn't have a competitor. It really doesn't. Yeah. You know, Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Pinterest and Instagram, and a lot of these things, they're all going after the same audience. LinkedIn doesn't have anyone else that actually has ever really been a contender or even close to it. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions, just two rows here. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. Ready to go? Okay. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Display advertising. LinkedIn or Facebook? 
LinkedIn. <laughs> Online press releases or one-on-one -on -one relations? One-on-one -on -one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Depends. Both. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, for the previous 197, just, oh, sorry, 167 just about episodes, um, I've asked um, Facebook or Google Plus, but um, everyone's saying Facebook now. To, to begin with, you know, some people were saying Google Plus, but obviously that's changed a bit over the last year or so. Mm -hmm. So that changed it um, to you, um, you know, to, to make it LinkedIn or Facebook, because obviously you said that um, Facebook advertising is quite important for you. But um, without question, obviously, LinkedIn is more important than Facebook for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, in terms of now, I love my Facebook personal profile because that's where I can actually get personal and have real relationships and conversations with people. But I hate my Facebook business page. <laughs> <laughs> But you still use it. It's still valuable. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have to. I have to. But if I didn't have to, I probably wouldn't. The $10,000 question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I, I would spend it on paid uh, paid ads, probably. Paid Facebook ads. I had to do paid, uh, paid Facebook ads and paid Google ads. Okay, mm -hmm. Google Ads as well. So are, are you yeah. do, doing good at Google Ads at the moment and, and finding that to be you know, qu quite a good ROI still? Depends. So this would be more in terms of, you know, helping our clients okay. and, and what's going to be best for them, whether it's going to be Google or Facebook, and usually it's both. Um, you know, you so when I answered the question earlier about SEO, SEO, I like SEO because I want to dominate page one of Google. And so, you know, if you do SEO right, you can be in several positions now. I should have actually said both because the perfect place to be is, you know, 20% are clicking on the paid ads, 80% are clicking on the organic ads, and it's ideal to be in both places. Uh, but, you know, you drop, but you need to have the right landing pages. You need to have the right offer for whether you're using Google ads or Facebook ads and the right landing page and, and so forth and the right sales funnel that follows. So really, if somebody didn't have that, I'd say be putting that $10,000 into a sales funnel instead of the ads because that's the first place. It used to be 5% and 95% for Google Ads versus um, SEO and, and who would click and what. But obviously, there's a bit of a paid ad takeover in terms of real estate on the page. So um, I'm just wondering how many organic results will be there, certainly above the fold in the future. Yeah, and even if they're not above the fold, you know, so many people don't uh, trust the paid ads. So even if the mm. paid ads go all the way to the fold, people, people are still yeah. going to scroll down because they know that they're paid ads. So, you know, some people don't mind at all the paid ads, and so that's why they work. Um, but some people are really looking for the organic stuff. They want to see what's coming up, you know, organically, or they're looking at both. Yes, absolutely. And, and Google will lose audience if they don't offer um, organic results, obviously, in the future. They will do. Um, but um, if it was all advertising, then people would be more likely, I guess, to, to try and find their information somewhere else that um, they didn't think was on a pay-per-play basis. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. My number one takeaway. Well, Melanie, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their businesses? Okay, if there was one thing that I could leave you with, it would be don't collect connections, 
build relationships and to truly build those relationships, you ultimately have to move them offline. So utilize online tools for what they are. They're amazing. They're brilliant. They have so much value, but you know, they're not everything. And one last thing, pick up the phone sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not forget about that old fashioned thing that was invented many, many, many years ago. It still works. Even if it's VoIP, even if it's Skype, perhaps you can use yeah. that. But so stop hiding behind the keyboard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time and your advice. What's the best way for our listener to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, topdogsocialmedia.com will have uh, links to all the different social sites. So if you wanted to uh, follow me on uh, Twitter or connect with me on LinkedIn or whatever that is, they'll all be available to you there. Um, and if you want to learn a little bit about my book, it's called The LinkedIn Code. There is a website dedicated to that uh, with links that will take you to Amazon, depending on the country you're, you live in or, what, or whether you want physical or Kindle. Uh, and that's thelinkedincode.com. Superb stuff. So thanks to Melanie and thank you, dear listener, too. If you enjoyed what Melanie shared today, tell us what you think. An iTunes review is always good, and I might even read it out in a future episode. And if Twitter's your thing, at David Bain is my handle. Maybe it's your thoughts on what Melanie said, or maybe it's your thoughts on what we should discuss on future episodes. Whatever it is, it would be great to hear from you. But until we meet again, be fantabulous, and do one thing that scares you. Adios. Thanks again, Melanie. Great episode. All right.